We work hard, we play hard. We are gamerpreneurs. Individuals who have chosen to give up the security of a nine to five in favor of getting to set our own hours, of doing the work that we want to do, and we refuse to give up the hobby that we grew up with in order to quote, grow up. We have learned countless laws of life and sales from the games that we play, and we excel in everything we do. We see the wonder and glory in every interaction. We fit in awkwardly with the rest of the world because they don't understand our quirkiness, and we wear it as a badge of pride. We are focused, clear, and know what we want. We are gamerpreneurs, and we are taking over the world. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Quad Laser. Hey, Quad Laser, how's it going? Hello, it's going well. How are you doing? Absolutely fantastic. It's a beautiful, sunny day in Las Vegas. How about yourself? Good. Uh, it's it's kind of crappy here, but you know, a little warmer than usual. I'm over in Rhode Island, so a little bit colder climate, I guess. And, uh, did you get hit by that big storm recently? No, we missed that. Instead, we had 70 degree weather, which was confusing. It's nicer than what we had. It's only been in the 50s here. <laughs> so uh, Quad Laser, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, well, I'm Quad Laser. Uh, I stream a lot of video games and music on Twitch. I like to kind of intermingle the two areas. And apart from that, I do a lot of programming on the side or actually as my real job, which to me is my side job, but yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to unpack all that in just a second, but I start every interview with the same question I'm going to ask you as well. And the point of this is to try to get gamers to understand that we're all the same really when it comes down to it. So here's the question. Are you ready? Yes. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, how weird are you? Mm, let's see. You know, I thought about this before and I'd say an eight, but my wife told me it's probably closer to a five. Why would you say that? I like to think I'm kind of an odd dude, a little, a little off the beaten trail a little bit, but she thinks that I'm just a basic. <laughs> and um, just, just so you know, I try to keep the show clean, so I'll probably have to go back and bleep that. <laughs> All right. Keep uh, it clean from now on. That's right. So um, why don't we start with your stream? Why don't you tell me kind of how you got started streaming? Okay. Uh, I got started streaming a long time ago, back in 2012, uh, kind of when I discovered that Twitch was a, a thing that existed. This was probably right after Justin TV was kind of at the height of its popularity. And uh, I was watching a lot of League of Legends tournaments on there, but it was before the League of Legends, uh, the LCS, the championship series was going on. And, and so it was really fun. It was kind of this low key thing, watching these really good players. And I went, hey, that's really cool. You know, I kind of want to do the same thing. So what I did actually was got into Mario 64 speed running, which was a mistake. It was fun for about a month. And then I thought I was going to pull all my hair out. I think after that, I streamed very on and off for like very little with no audience whatsoever. I played some Counter-Strike Global Offensive and just some other games here and there. And I didn't really start what I would say is my actual um, kind of streaming career until about a year and a half ago when I decided to set up the music stream. And uh, that's when things really started taking off because people started to notice that, hey, there's something different and interesting going on here. Very interesting. So you're kind of all over the board. You, you tried all kinds of games. You tried your hat at speed running. Why did that fall apart on you? Is it just, you know, you learn the game, but then like trying to, to optimize every little movement was just a pain or what? It was a pain is what it was. Yeah, I think um, I thought 
So I really like learning technical skills and then perfecting them over a long period of time. And so I thought, hey, th this is the same thing, right? It's just a technical skill and you're just going to practice it over and over and over and over again and try to improve upon it. Um, but something about that didn't hold my attention when it came to speed running. So I would just get frustrated instead of having fun. And I didn't want to spend a lot of time in my what at the time was just this is my gaming time for myself i don't want to be frustrated i want to be having fun so sure that's why i quit the speedrunning gig when you watch other speedrunners i swear they're all miserable i don't i don't really get it <laughs> i uh i watch a lot of speedruns myself and i kind of get i, I kind of understand you look at their faces it's like <laughs> so um so you decided about a year and a half ago to to kind of branch out and do music instead so why did you do that uh, I think at that time I was deciding that streaming was something I wanted to start taking seriously and not just be a side hobby that's like, you know, you just hit the go live button and maybe people show up and maybe they don't. It was like, no, I, I want to attract an audience. I want to build a community and I want to see how far I can take this. So at the time, um, uh, you know, reading advice from different people was find a way to set yourself apart, pick something that you're really good at in your life and apply that to your stream. And uh, uh, I went to music school for music technology. So I thought, hey, I, I can actually sit in my room with all my instruments and with my computer and I can jam with myself for hours at a time. So why not turn that into a live show, something interesting, which was actually a real challenge to make it interesting for other people to watch. So it's not just a guy in his room like, Doing a jam doing session? His, <laughs> doing his own jam session, yeah. So getting the, the community involvement was tricky, but that, that was the primary decision for, for going in the music direction. All right, so what kinds of instruments do you play? I see a couple of guitars back there. I see a keyboard. Mm -hmm. um, I'm mainly a piano player. The guitars were a, a recent new obsession that I picked up maybe, I don't know, nine months ago, and I decided uh, uh, that I wanted to learn some more instruments. And so... Uh, I got a hold of an acoustic, I got a hold of an electric, and I got a hold of a bass guitar, and I started learning all of them. I've been doing okay. I got to the point where I feel moderately comfortable in, uh, adding those to my live show. But uh, and, and then the other thing I play is a drum kit, which you can't see right now. I don't currently have it set up, but um, usually I have the drum kit mic'd up. Uh, so that I can add that to the live show as well. I got a lot of respect for you. I um, I used to say I don't have a musical bone in my body. I own an acoustic guitar, and I can rock that G string like nobody's business. But that's <laughs> that's it. I can't do any of those. <laughs> um, so let's um. What what point did you decide like really to make this kind of your main thing? Because you you mentioned your day job is now your side hustle, and you started this about a year and a half ago. So at what point like in that time frame did you really have that switch? Uh, it happens gradually over time. I don't think there was a single point where it went, this is what it's going to be. And when my job is my side hustle, it is definitely 100% my primary form of income. <laughs> but uh, uh, when, when I started the music thing, it didn't take me very long. It took maybe two weeks before I built what I thought was like my core audience. And those people have stuck around for the entire year and a half. And uh, I've, I've only built upon that. And that was kind of the, uh, the very first moment when I went, this could actually turn into something. I'm excited. And then gradually over time, I kind of ramped it up. And then I'd say maybe about three months ago, there became this moment of like a, a sense of responsibility for my stream. Like I have to 
treat this um, more than just a hobby. And, and I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, uh, treat it more as a, 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 real dr- a real job with real responsibilities um, where not only is there a community that's expecting me to do certain things, but there are goals that I'm like tangible, uh, attainable goals that I'm setting for myself and I'm meeting them every single week. And you said that was about three months ago that happened? Yeah. Okay. And what has changed since then? Uh, in the last three months? Yeah. So you had this um, moment where you decided that, you know, you had to take, you had a, your Peter Parker moment with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> so, you know, what were you doing different? Uh, what I started doing differently was I started really branching out um, in my content creation. So uh, I heard someone say that you're not growing while you're live. And that actually struck a chord with me. And what that means is you need to be generating content uh, outside of Twitch to passively gather new potential followers, right? And, and so what I did for that was start creating YouTube content. And so every week, once a week, I put out a new YouTube video. So I actually took a day from my streaming schedule off and I turned that entire day into a YouTube content creation day. And I make sure that once a week I get a new YouTube video out that's uh, interesting, funny, or somehow helpful to the community at large. And uh, uh, that was the really big step that I took. And then apart from that, I started becoming more active uh, on outside social medias, which was never my strong suit before. I'm not really a social media guy, but um, I started kind of leaning really hard into Twitter as a means to sort of network and also um, show off some more of my smaller content. I make these little 30 second like funny videos that don't really belong on YouTube, but they're good for Twitter or little jokes and stuff, trying to just sort of give a piece of my personality um, to the world outside of when I'm streaming. Okay. Now, um, how would you say your, your YouTube strategy is playing, paying off for you? Because I, I recommend everybody start a YouTube channel if you don't have one and you need to be posting there. It's the world's second largest search engine. So how's it working yeah. for you? Uh, so far, I'd say it's going um, about as expected, which is slowly. And, and, but that's fine because I'm seeing um, honest, consistent growth. And every time I make a new video, I feel like I get a little better. I'm getting a little better at the SEO side of things, the search engine optimization to try to gather more people. I'm getting better at answering questions that the community wants answered. And uh, so that way I'm getting more organic reach where people are actually searching specific terms and finding my video, people that didn't know about me before, and then trying my best to funnel those people into my Twitch channel. So, you know, what, what did I say? It's been about three months that I've been doing that now and I've gained and um, a, a moderate amount of followers just from that. But, uh, you know, it's not big numbers. I'm not saying like, oh, thousands of people have come pouring into my stream. But, um, you know, anything over zero is a plus, right? Absolutely. So, so I'd say, uh, yeah, it's been successful. And and apart from the, the, the business angle of it, it's actually a lot of fun. And I've been finding it really rewarding. I've made some of my funniest content on there. And, and, and there are people in my community referencing the videos I've made as sort of inside jokes within the community. And that, that's a really good feeling. Now, um, I noticed a slight sneer when you said the business angle of it. Why, why do you feel that way? It's, uh, it's weird for me to talk about um, streaming as a business because 
for for a lot of people that I know and the 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 friends that I've made on Twitch, for a lot of them, it's a hobby, and it is a it's it's only to them about the community community that they build and and the friends that they make. And I very much agree with that. And I have a great time. I've made a lot of really good friends on Twitch, and I love it when those people show up to my streams. I go to their streams. I hang out with them. I hang out. It's like you have a family online, and you can see them everywhere you go. You kind of follow each other around from stream to stream. And so when I start talking about these business things, I feel like I'm turning them into numbers. Like, oh, they don't really matter. They're just another number for the business. And I don't feel that way. So so I'm always worried that one of my good friends is going to come along and be like, oh, we're just a number to him. No. (laughs) No, the relationships are real. And I think that's kind of the important part a lot of people, they miss. You know, any good business if you don't treat your customers like people, you're not going to have a business. Once they become numbers, that's when the business fails. Exactly. So um, let's, uh, let's go back to the past for a second. I'd like you to think back to when you first started, you know, back in, I think we said 2012, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you had some advice for yourself when you were first starting, just, just your path, you know, what would you tell yourself? Very early basic advice. Pick a schedule and stick to it no one ever knew when I was going to be streaming and therefore, and, and you like, if you pick a schedule, you find people that this is their time for watching Twitch. And you'll find that people have this, their work time and their hangout with their family time and their hobby time, whatever. And then there's their Twitch watching time. And so if you stream at a different time, those people won't show back up. So if you build a community around a specific time slot, and then all of a sudden you switch to a drastically different time slot, you're going to have nobody. They're all going to disappear. So um, wonderful. Yeah. Now for someone like me, I don't have a stream. I'm maybe considering it someday. Um, what advice would you have for a newbie? Like has, don't even have a real working camera. Don't even have a real working camera. Let's see an absolute newbie. Um, do uh, play what you want to play and be as, as honest as you can be with your personality and how you feel about the game. That's the only way to continue. Otherwise, it's, you're not, you're not going to grow as quickly as you want to, and you're going to think, this is a waste of time. I'm not even having fun playing this stupid game that I thought was going to get me viewers. So, Can we talk about that personality angle for a second? So what does it mean to be like the, your real personality? Um, hmm. That's actually an interesting question because I, I think about this sometimes, that when I'm done streaming and I turn off the camera and I go downstairs to hang out with my wife, Sometimes I have to turn off my streaming personality, which is just an exaggerated version of myself. So when I say be yourself, you can't just be calm and collected all the time, like without thinking about what personality you're putting forward. You have to take your best qualities and you have to exaggerate them. And, and they'll tell you this in, in acting classes um, or they'll tell you this, like I did a lot of music performance when I was younger and they say that you need to whatever action you're going to perform you need to perform it bigger and the reasoning for that is that it uh, what you think is like a very aggressive uh, action that you're performing is actually quite small to everyone else watching you and so you need to make it larger to translate that to other people and that goes hand in hand with your personality as well so you need to take your personality and make it bigger but you don't want to you don't want to fake your personality. Otherwise, you're going to start to hate yourself. 
if, so if you wouldn't agree with the fake it till you make it then. no i mean that might work for some people but i think that inherently in itself might be a personality trait the ability to put on different personality hats and just roll with them and be fine with that but uh, i have a hard time pretending to be somebody that i'm not Okay, so this is the Gamerpreneur where I bring on guests to tell me how they're making money in real life because my goal is to prove that gamers are not lazy, unmotivated basement dwellers. Although you might be in a basement at the moment for all I know. <laughs> oh, I'm in a second story. There you go. Um, so what is it you do for, for real in the real world? For real in the real world, I'm a, a software developer. I make r right now, well, for the last nine years, I've been developing uh, music software for the iPhone and the iPad. Uh, which was a way for me to combine my music technology love with my love of computers and programming. So that's pretty fun. How did you get into that? Because you said you went to music school and then you now mm -hmm. have music technology. Did you like have to like learn it outside of school? Uh, yeah, for the most part. Uh, I went to a school with music technology that didn't really teach programming. There was one audio programming class, which was a really weird primer because it's a music school. They didn't expect anyone to know any programming. They're like, hey, let's do a really quick primer on C, the language, and then try to throw audio into that, which was this massive leap going from learning the basics of programming to now doing odd, like real-time audio programming, which is actually a fairly complicated subject. And it was, it was insane. I'd say 98% of the class, just as soon as we made the switch, just instantly dropped off. Went, I have no idea what's happening anymore. A few of us barely, barely survived. I had a little bit of a background in programming. I'd learned a lot before I came to school, like in high school and stuff like that. And, um, and then out, and then I got a job after school, uh, an entry level position making kids video games for the iPhone, which gave me enough experience to kind of learn uh, how to program in a professional setting. And then everything I knew about audio technology, I was then able to apply to the programming side of things. But yeah, it was basically completely self-taught at that point. Well, that's incredible. I mean, I, I know a lot of my viewers sometimes are concerned, like, I don't, I didn't go to school for this. I don't know how to do this, but that's, you don't have to have gone to school for something to learn how to do it. No, though, I, I did have some some hands on the inside, I guess you'd say. So a professor of mine um, in, in the audio technology stuff or in the music technology stuff um, uh, knew some other programmers where I had moved to after school. Uh, some people that had actually come out of the same program and helped me kind of get that first early job. But I think I, think I could have gotten that entry-level job without the help maybe but it's hard for for resumes you know uh, people hiring are going to look at a resume and be like you have a degree in music and you're trying to get a job programming like that's not really who we're looking for but if you can show them some projects you've worked on on your own and be like listen i know how to program look 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 i've done it i've done it i have proof then a lot of smaller places will actually give you the time of day and and legitimately recognize you as a potential developer Okay. Now, uh, how is it trying to balance the, the day job and you have, you have a wife and your, your stream and your gaming time? How, does, how do you juggle all this? I've, uh, I've set up an exceptionally rigorous schedule and I stick to it. I have, uh, you know, I wake up at a specific time. I, I have a certain number of programming hours that I get done. And uh, then I go about my time with my wife and dinner and other such things. And then we kind of agreed on a streaming schedule. I said, okay, these, these are my block hours for streaming on these days. 
Um, I would like to have these. Okay, fine. Yeah. So as long as she's okay with that and I'm okay with that, then everything seems to go all right. And then everything else, I just kind of try to fit in when I find time in between, but there's only so much time in the day. So you get to work from home then? Yes. Working from home, uh, I think has actually enabled me a lot. Uh, you know, those, those little things that you don't think about when you're setting up your stream. Oh, that's only going to take 10 minutes. That'll only take five minutes. That only take five minutes. Those add up to hours and hours and hours. And so it's like, uh, if I'm working on, uh, my job, I'm programming, right? Sometimes I need to compile something, which means I'm going to press a button and I'm going to wait about 10 minutes or I can't do anything. So I take those 10 minutes and I work on some stupid little thing for my stream or something like that. And I think, you know, if you're trying to do that at work, the boss might wander by and be like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> or, or you're not on your home PC, so you can't really do much anyways, right? Sure. Would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert then? No. I'm one of those uh, special extroverted introverts <laughs> where I, I like to spend a lot of time at home. And if I'm around a lot of people I know, I feel fairly extroverted. I talk a lot and uh, I get pretty engaged with people, but um, I get socially exhausted fairly quickly. So I don't spend a lot of time out and about. Okay. Cause I work from home myself and um, I know I sometimes go school batty being here all the time because you, you wake up and you go to work and then you go to bed and you're finished working, you get roll back into bed. Like it's, there's no, there's no division in those, those areas of your life. Oh, it's definitely a little odd. Uh, I, I worked from home for a while while I was living by myself and that actually drove me nuts. I hated that because I had no other human interaction, but, um, since I, you know, since I live with my wife, I get enough social interaction with her that I feel all right. And then we make sure to try to get out a couple times a week. We actually go bowling once a week and then we usually see our friends on the weekend. So at least a little bit of like, ah, not going nuts, just sitting in here wondering what day it is. Okay. Uh, what advice would you have for people who have a day job and really are, they say they just don't have the time to be able to do the stream or be able to still have time to play video games? Hmm. Uh, you need to make a decision on your priorities. Uh, and that is, I understand a lot of people need decompression time after their day job where, uh, you just want to do nothing, think about nothing, not try. You want to put zero effort into anything so that you can just sort of like, uh, just exist for a while. So you need to make the decision if you can cut that time from your life, if you can cut the decompression, like zero effort time, uh, from your life and apply that to your stream instead, you'll actually find you do have a little bit of time. Uh, it, it might not be as much time as you want, but but putting an hour a day into something over a long period of time will add up. But it also might start feeling too stressful and tedious if you don't get that decompression time. So I especially want to say, do not push yourself to the brink. Don't snap. It's not good. Oh, fantastic advice. Thank you. So now on the other side, we talked about the, the business side. On the gamer side, when did you first start playing video games? Cool. When I was a little, 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 tiny little kid. Um, yeah, I think my first foray into video games was probably when I was about three or four. Uh, my cousin had a Super Nintendo, no, an original Nintendo. And uh, we'd, we'd go over and visit them quite a bit. And um, Let's see, my older brother, who was five years older than me, uh, was playing a lot of Zelda 2, which, my God, that game is so hard. 
and <laughs> he w- he he tried to beat it for like two years. I I don't know if he ever did, and um, and I played a lot of Super Mario Brothers was actually my game of choice. And then after that, we got a we never had any consoles growing up personally, but we always had a a computer in the house, a PC. Um, and so there were a lot of shareware games that we downloaded off of BBS's. Uh, just a little bit of history there, I guess. And so like Commander Keen and and there's this game called Cosmo the Adorable Alien or something and Secret Agent Man. There are all sorts of like really bad old DOS games that we played. It's uh, funny you mentioned Zelda too. Yeah, the game was very hard. When I got my cart, the onboard battery had died, the one that let you save. Mm-hmm. So in order to beat it, I had to play it in one playthrough. <laughs> I, oh. I beat it once. <laughs> wow, I can't believe you beat it like that. That's that's been a whole day. I locked my room. My parents were, like banging on the door. Let us in. Like, nope, I gotta beat the game. <laughs> I gotta beat it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, what games are you looking forward to coming out? Coming out, oh man! Um, I'm really, I'm, I'm really excited for. <laughs> there's not even a release date given yet, but Elden Ring uh, by FromSoft because I love all their games. I'm a big Dark Souls nerd. Really liked Sekiro, Bloodborne, eh. but uh, but yeah, all their their like current gen games. I'd never got a chance to play Demon's Souls because I don't have a PlayStation Three. But everything else is wonderful and so i'm just pumped that they're doing another game i don't really i don't know what it's gonna be but i'm excited for it that's definitely on ebay for fairly inexpensive i was thinking that i think i have a friend with a playstation 3 and at this point no one's playing those anymore so i could probably just convince him to let me borrow it and then go buy a copy of demon's souls or something what's uh what's your favorite game of all time favorite game of all time is easily super mario 64 I know we talked about speedrunning it earlier, which maybe kind of destroyed some of my love for it. But uh, I think that was the first game that I really conquered as a kid before before I started getting into like more serious gaming as a teenager and stuff. But yeah, my friend had Mario 64. I used to go over to his house every single day and play it. I had my own file. Man, when I got that 120 in a star. Oh, Let me ask you this. How, how long did you look for Luigi and Yoshi? You're, uh, <laughs> you got it as a kid. You're probably like me and heard the rumors online. <laughs> I looked for Luigi for a long time. Um, we actually did find Yoshi, which was exciting. He's on the roof of the castle. He's on the roof of the castle. That's right. Yeah. So, okay. Um, let's pull back for a second. I want to talk about you as a person because my goal is always to show people that you would have a, some success and still have some things going wrong in your life along the way to get there. True. So if it's okay, I'd like to humble you for just a second. And okay. ask you, what's something that you failed at in your life? Something that I failed at, uh, well, I went to graduate school and failed out of my second semester and quit and went and got a job instead. Okay. Now, what's something you're currently not good at? Currently not good at? Uh, cooking. I'm trying really hard to get good at cooking, and it's not going well. We got these things called Blue Apron. It's uh, those 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 like pre-packaged not pre-packaged meals it's like they send you all the ingredients in a box and like a little card that's like this is how to cook our food that we just sent you and sometimes i do all right but most of the time not so good but i'm getting there all right it's a good thing you got a wife right (laughs) (laughs) mine does most of my cooking for me so i understand (laughs) oh you're lucky uh well i've never said she was the best cook (laughs) and she would never admit to it either she uh, doesn't 
she doesn't believe recipes are you know supposed to be followed. They're just suggestions. They're just suggestions. Sure. Yeah, so you know, add add this and add that. We'll see how it turns out. Maybe it'll be good. All right. So uh, going back kind of uh, to your stream for a second, what do you think something um, people misunderstand when they come in to, and they see you for the first time? So they, they pop into your stream and they're expecting something. What do you think they're, they're misunderstanding with the, what they're seeing? I, uh, I have an odd choice of words <laughs> a lot of times. And so I think people come in and they're not really expecting the type of humor I'm going to throw around right away. And I've, I, I have definitely put some people off instantly. You know, you get raids and hosts and new people come in that have never seen you before. They've just heard things come out of my mouth and gone, yeah, no, <laughs> that's all right. And they just leave. And I've had some people tell me that before. They're like, I came in and this is what you say. I'm leaving. I had a guy tell me, uh, I waited through a 30 second ad for this. And they just <laughs> left. I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, if you don't like it, you don't like it. I'm not looking for people that aren't into the humor I'm going to throw around. Sure. That's a great way of sorting through the people who are your fans though. Exactly. Yeah. They always get a, they always get a kick out of it if someone doesn't like it. Which then I feel bad. I'm not, I'm not really trying to alienate anybody, but it happens. Well, there's millions and millions and millions of people out there to watch. So, mm -hmm. all right, your chat, do you have a good or bad chat? I have a great chat. You're um, saying that, I, like, I love it. It's a you know, great chat. Well, no, no, they're really good. And, and I've had problems uh, in other chats and, and I've kind of developed this community. I think I want to say like I had a guiding hand in this, but they just kind of did it themselves, which is that they're very welcoming uh, when new people come in, which is really exciting. Actually, like someone comes in and they say hi and all of a sudden everyone in my chat is saying hi to them and they're asking them questions and they're, they're getting involved with what this person wants to talk about instead of just involved in themselves. And um, that's really great because I've gone into chats before. There's been some that I've tried extensively over months to get involved and it's like I'm invisible. Like the streamer notices you, right? Usually the streamer is good and they talk to you. You try to get involved with the greater conversation in this chat room and people just flat out ignore you like you don't exist. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's great okay. when you can develop a, co a welcoming community. Right now your chat, what do you think the best compliment they've ever given you is? Um, well, I guess there are two things that I always really like to hear. Uh, one, hey, the song you're doing right now is really awesome when I'm doing my music nights, that always makes me feel really good because I get a little self-conscious about that. And then uh, the other one that I've been hearing recently is uh, that they really, that they've noticed that I'm, I've been putting a lot of effort into my stream lately and that they like what they see. And it's just nice to be noticed when you're working hard, you know? That is, that is wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. Now on the flip side of the coin, what do you think the worst trolling you've received is? Horse trolling? Uh, well, we had, let's see, anytime you have song requests on, every once in a while you'll get someone that's like, haha, I'm going to request something that's just going to scream Freebird. racial profanities. Oh, wow. <laughs> like much worse than that. And you instantly ban them. You're like, you're out of here. Get out of here. Uh, and then, and, and then, but oh, one night, this happened to an entire community that I'm kind of involved with, a bunch of streamers, right? This guy came in and said a bunch of terrible, awful things, gets banned. Uh, within two minutes he's back but on a new account right and we banned this guy 
like 30 times in the course of an hour. He just kept going back and back and back. It wouldn't stop. And he was hopping from community to community, like from different streamers and stuff for, for like a week, just harassing us until I don't know if he just got bored or what, or if managed to get Twitch involved and they IP banned him or something. But yeah, it was pretty bad. So that was just sort of like constant, persistent harassment. Oh, geez. Now, uh, kind of bouncing off what you just said, the community of streamers, what's, what's the community of streamers like? Is there a community? Uh, yeah, there's, I think, I think most successful streamers or people that consider themselves successful, whether that's five viewer averages or a thousand, um, they're part of their own tight knit group of people, uh, which I am involved with as well. I've got my own, um, group of several streamers that that i'll all really like and we all kind of share viewers and everything we share like a greater community than just a personal community and then there's the streamer community as a whole and i really like my tight-knit community i think a lot of people really like their tight-knit communities and i've met some different communities and they all seem great but then streamer culture as a whole like if you go on twitter and you 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 read if you go on like the, the really big streamers, you just read the comments from their tweets. Sometimes it's super toxic and there are some really dumb issues that keep getting brought up over and over and over again. It's like a, uh, an echo chamber of these things that are non-issues that people keep creating issues out of. And it's a little frustrating to me. Okay. Um, so you're, you're saying it's, there's a lot of little, little silos everywhere but there's not really one greater at large. Every gamer is part of this, this community kind of thing. Correct. I don't, I don't really think, um, I mean, it's a good thing to, to kind of bond with someone on early, like, Oh, you're a gamer too. Oh, sweet. So am I like, let's talk about games. And then you find out they're like on a, you're, you're on an Island of games and they're on a different Island of games. Cause everyone has their own taste in games. And sometimes you literally can't find a common ground of games, which is really weird. Cause I feel like I play a very wide range of games, first person shooters, RPGs, MMOs. I mean, I feel like I'm all over the place. And then there are still people I run into. I'm like, I've never even heard of the games you play or I'm just completely <laughs> uninterested in them. I've popped into a few streams like I've never seen this game. I've never heard of this game. This is the weirdest thing and you're all loving it. That's really strange. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, quad laser, how do people find you on social media? What, where are you at? I am mostly on Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. It's uh, all the same quad laser Q U A D L A Z R. And the reasoning for that is <laughs> the correct spelling was already taken. So I had to go with the real cool hip spelling. And so Twitter slash quad laser, Twitch slash quad laser, and then YouTube, you actually got to kind of search my name because I don't have enough subscribers to get the super fancy channel name yet. All right. Wonderful. Now um, we're wrapping up here. Is there anything I didn't ask you think we need to talk about still? I don't think so. I think we covered everything. I mean, I tend to babble, so I feel like I probably was wonderful. every single topic. <laughs> I really enjoyed this. It was a funny conversation. I loved it. So yeah, thank it you fun. so much. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. All right. Well, Quad Laser, thank you again. And everybody, I'll see you next time. You all take it easy. Hey, if you like this podcast, I'd love to invite you to check out a little bit more about me, Dr. Bradford Carlton, the Gamerpreneur. If you go to my website, www.thegamerpreneur.com slash bonus, I'm going to give you a free copy of my book, 
the Warcraft of business, where I explain my history in both gaming and business and how I brought the two together in order to create some very successful companies and help a lot of people. And all you got to do is pay for shipping and processing and I'll send you this book. I absolutely know you're going to love it. All right. You all take it easy.